So when cold and flu season begins, I know it's time to stock up on hornbeam gemotherapy in my practice because it is truly one of the most effective natural supports for the respiratory system. I'll be sharing more about this extract in today's episode ahead, but first, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Lauren Hubelay. I'm a health coach and a gemotherapy expert, and I'm gathered here today with two experts in their particular fields of medicine, and we've got Terry Brooks here. Terry, welcome. Hi, thanks, Lauren. Greetings, Megan, and everyone else. Uh, all I have to say today is that I am an herbalist, I am a forager, and a teacher, and I like to combine the three. Beautiful. And you do it so well, Terry. <laughs> and Megan Lip, um, acupuncturist, glad to have you. Yes. Hi, Lauren and Terry and everyone joining. It's wonderful to be back with you all again. Yeah, I practice acupuncture and gemotherapy. Wonderful. So let's talk about hornbeam. Terry, I know hornbeam's a tree. What else can you tell me about it? That's about all I knew to start with. Um, <laughs> Hornbeam, this is the European variety, and its genus and species is Carpinus betulus. It does have um, analogous species in America, but they are in a different genus, genus altogether, though in the same family. This tree is in the Betulaceae family, which also is the same family as hazel, birch, and alder. And yet we are able to differentiate between the three, which is really interesting. It's native to Europe and Asia. It's deciduous, medium-sized tree growing about 40 to 50 feet tall, or 50, up to 60, I guess. It's equally wide as it is tall, especially at maturity. The plants are broad and rounded at that time. It has alternating leaves that are, of course, deciduous, oblong, and they have double serrated edges. This tree is often mistaken for beech. But if you were to do a leaf rubbing and put a piece of paper over that leaf, you would see the very jagged edges around and the very deep veining through the, throughout the leaf. The male and female flowers, again, are on the same plant. And the fruits of this plant are really interesting. They're like samaras, like a birch or other trees have, except it's more like a pom-pom. It's several eight to nine different fruits with little nut things, seeds in them hanging suspended from, the, from a little apery bract. It changes color again at fall from green to brown. <clears throat> and this tree is very long lived. It grows best in well-drained soil, in the full sun, but it can also tolerate urban conditions and pollution. And I think sometimes those trees are the ones we need because they filter the air better for us. Right. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that it's often confused with the birch because I have a difficult time identifying this tree. I'm about to head to the Pyrenees Mountains where these grow in those forests along with birch and um, now there won't be any leaves to help me. So I'll have to find another way. You need a bark book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Terry, what, what folklore or historical uses did you discover about hornbeam? It was difficult to find information, except for the fact we know that hornbeam yields a very tough, hard timber. It's also called ironwood for that reason. So the home carpenter probably is not using this tree very much because it will dull your saw very quickly. 
but it is used to construct carving boards and handles for tools, coach wheels, piano, the hammers inside a piano, um, gear pegs and things like the old-fashioned windmills, parquet flooring, wooden chest pieces, and other products where they would need a very hard and durable wood. Traditionally, they use it for oxen yoke, the, the yoke that would hold the two animals together. And um, in Roman times, they used it for their chariots. So you can imagine them racing around their race course and bumping into each other that they would need something hard. The tea from this, uh, it has been used herbally throughout history. They would make tea from the leaves and they say it re reduced your tiredness and your exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And it also would treat bronchitis, cough, sore throat, flus, headaches. They use it externally as a compress to stop bleeding and heal wounds. And indeed, a homeopathic remedy is made that does the same sorts of actions. Um, but it also increases the proliferation of blood platelets. This plant is used also in flower essence therapy. And their keywords are tiredness, weariness, and mental or physical exhaustion unable to face the day kind of thing, depressed at the thought of your day's work. Keep that in mind, because I'm gonna come back to that. But um, even more interesting was the fact that there are current studies right now that are being done in order to prove that this plant has a chemical constituent called pheophorbide that is an anti-tumor constituent. It is known to be a photosensitizer and so they would be using this, <clears throat> showing promising research and use in photodynamic therapy for certain cancers. Wow, wow. very interesting. So given your, your background research that you've been doing, are there specific indications of its medicinal qualities beyond what you've shared? I think we can say it's a symbol for vital energy and vigor. It makes sense that if your respiratory system is clogged or compromised with inflammation or scarring or mucus accumulation, you would certainly be feeling tired and lethargic. And also if you had um, some signs of low platelet counts, it would be possible that you might be bleeding either internally or externally. Again, they used it for stopping bleeding. Again, that would be another possible cause of exhaustion. You would not be getting your vital energy from the blood or your breath. So I think when there are so many schools and pathways of healing wisdom, whether it's herbalism, homeopathy, gemotherapy, therapy, or flower essences, we can be confident that this plant will be powerful and beneficial restorative support. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've seen that time and again. Um, Hornbeam has a very narrow um, focus when it comes to using it for gemotherapy right now. But it's interesting as you were talking about it, and I think the more we could learn about the tree itself, we might be able to uncover some further uses. So the primary action of hornbeam extract prepared as a gemotherapy from the bud is as a harmonizer for the respiratory system. This includes the sinus, the nose, the throat, bronchi, and lungs. So it's harmonizing. It reduces inflammation and it heals existing scar tissue. I think this makes it a very important um, extract. I like the fact that hornbeam has a dual action on coughs. 
at one point it thins mucus so it acts like an expectorant but on the other it's working with the brain and controlling the um, autonomic response that um, if the mucus is too thick we have a cough that's generated and sometimes that can be a false signal for instance when it's a dry cough from the brain so what hornbeam does in its harmonizing effect is make sure that signal is effective so you're coughing when you need to the secondary action of hornbeam that we need to know about is on the bone marrow and it actually stimulates the production of platelets and because of that we have to be very careful and aware of how long we take hornbeam although it sounds great that it's a strengthening extract that returns our power and helps these exhaustive states there's a certain point where we need to take a break from it hornbeam should only be used for four to six weeks at a time take a pause that pause could be a couple weeks for your body to come into balance and then you could repeat it again if needed but in the work i've done up until this point i've only given hornbeam for acute situations or much later on when i'm trying to restore some scar tissue in lungs or the bronchial passages so who might consider hornbeam well again all ages all gender anyone with history or current respiratory systems symptoms excuse me and anyone with lowered immunity particularly in the form of showing low blood uh, platelet counts hornbeam is uh, this very specific narrow use and so therefore most of our experience and knowledge about it has to do with this acute the acute symptoms but Keeping that in mind, once you're when you're working on restoring immunity and we've improved elimination, if someone still has a chronic cough or if there's some history of um, respiratory inflammation through their lifetime, you might circle back around to hornbeam. So Megan, what do you have to say about hornbeam through the Asian medicine lens? Yeah, I think it's very interesting, Lauren, that you're noting that it has a very specific use in general therapy. However, it's interesting because within that specific use, it is so widely applicable. So in if through the when we're looking for respiratory support health with cough, hornbeam is very widely applicable. It is a true harmonizer. And I know that here in the Midwest, we are not alone in seeing upper respiratory type symptoms. Almost all year round, I see them, whether it's uh, due to asthma or allergies or winter illnesses. And Lauren and I have had many discussions about the intricacies of various extracts and their relationship to the upper respiratory system and in particular to phlegm. And uh, I think that hornbeam in this situation is indispensable in my practice. Uh, hornbeam through the Asian medicine lens is a true lung chi harmonizer. It harmonizes the movement and therefore the fluids in the head and chest. So if we back up for just a second, what is lung chi? What does that mean? We know that chi is the life force or the vitality that makes up all living things when we're talking about the lens of Asian medicine. 
and everything that we observe in our body and mind is therefore a manifestation of chi. So although the physical organ of lung is involved in what we're calling lung chi, uh, we're more focused on a set of functions that we call lung. And we know that hornbeam, and in this case lung, oversees the functions of respiration and uh, lung oversees the function of chi production. Its nature is to descend and to lubricate the body. So when lung chi is strong and vital, we'll see the lung chi descend and spread its chi, and we won't see a lot of chi hanging out, causing a cough. Lung opens into the nose and throat energetically. So the harmonizing of the fluids in the upper respiratory tract can be in the sinus, in the throat, and in the lungs. This is why uh, hornbeam is so productive in cases of acute and chronic sinus issues, acute and chronic lung issues. Again, when a lung chi is weak or blocked, we're going to see heat and congested fluids or phlegm in those three areas. This makes sense because we know that hornbeam reduces inflammation and phlegm and heals the tissues in the sinus, nose, and throat. Hornbeam really stands apart from other extracts in the area of upper respiratory health in my practice. There are other great extracts when we're talking about supporting our upper respiratory tract, but hornbeam is a true harmonizer, meaning it doesn't matter if the cough is dry or if the cough is productive, and it doesn't matter if the sinus is dry and inflamed or if it's full of phlegm. The wisdom of the bud and the wisdom of the hornbeam extract is able to balance, bring us back into a state of balance in any of these situations. It can ease inflammation, thin and move fluids, and bring us back into a state of balance, regardless of, and this is really important in practice because I think that in all upper respiratory challenges, but particularly when we're talking about the health of the lung, we can see coughs change really quickly. So a cough could be phlegmy and all of a sudden become very dry. Or sometimes we'll see coughs that are dry at night and then phlegmy during the day. And I've also seen uh, actually some coughs that can be difficult to read because they might present as a dry cough. But through an Asian medicine lens, there's some, when phlegm gets lodged in the lung and then it mixes with heat, sometimes we'll see a situation where it almost turns into a glue in the lungs and the phlegm is so thick and so difficult to break up that the cough can appear dry, but really until that phlegm is broken up and expectorated, we won't be able to resolve. Um, the body needs to reabsorb that and we won't be able to resolve the, the cough. Secondarily, hornbeam supports what we call kidney chi. And that is the kidney organ, but it's also our deepest energy in the body. And its nature is to grasp or to root and to ground. Um, kidney, lung is considered our upper source of water and kidney is considered our lower source of water. We know that it cleans and filters all the fluids in the body. Again, so when we're talking about resolving uh, congealed fluid, uh, kidney helps us to reabsorb and move out fluids that are inhibiting the healthy function of our upper respiratory tract. And the relationship between lung and kidney uh, in respiration is really important because of kidney's ability to grasp and root. 
uh, lung is the inhale and the exhale. And kidney really roots our breath. And so when those two things aren't in harmony, we'll see some shallow breathing and sometimes a cough is more likely to start. Kidney also functions to produce the marrow of the body, like uh, Lauren and Terry both talked about, and oversees our healthy bones and joints. So in this context, that makes sense because we know that hornbeam supports marrow and improves the production of platelets. Wow. So, you know, so many interesting points there, Megan. So I think I, I want to make sure I point out to everyone listening because we're using this so often in this acute um, situation, Hornbeam is always partnered with two yep. other extracts when we give it. And this would be a wonderful opportunity to listen to those recordings. And one is common alder because common alder helps transport the inflammation out and black currant. And so those are both podcasts are, are available right now and you'd want to pair the three of them. And then following the um, acute episode, we go to a convalescent period where we bring in hazel, another extract that we've talked quite a bit about, and it can be used in the evenings as protection. So that gives you a few other um, recordings to tag on to this and to give you a fuller picture of how to manage your own acute and chronic situations. Ladies, Thank you so much. Let's just check in if there's anything um, final to say. Uh, I'll share if you want to learn further about gemotherapy, have a look at my website, laurenhubelay.com. Um, You'll find information about books and classes, products for sale, and I'm sure a lot more. <laughs> Megan, where, where can others discover more about Asian medicine? Yeah, there's two great books that introduce the philosophy of Asian medicine and its practice. One is called The Web That Has No Weaver, and the other is called Between Heaven and Earth. If you're interested in uh, gemotherapy through an Asian lens or my practice of Japanese acupuncture, you can find me at acculemp.com. Fantastic. And Terry, where can we learn more about these beautiful trees? You know, I'm glad you asked. I was just thinking about the magnificence and wonder of what they have to provide us with. And I would like to encourage everyone to go look at the Arbor Day Foundation website and support that group. Yes, yes, and that's a beautiful site. Ladies, thank you so much for our work together today. Lots of good information shared.